Hey everyone, if you're hearing my voice right now, that's because you're listening to a podcast. And this week we want to ask you to not necessarily tell a friend about our podcast, although we'll always take that, but just tell a friend or a family member or someone you know at work, could be anyone, someone you meet on the street, tell them about a podcast you like and tell them about where they can listen to it. Tell someone on social media using the hashtag tripod, T-R-Y pod. And I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, Jake, isn't that just some dumb marketing gimmick? Why the hell should I tweet some hashtag that you're telling me to tweet? And the answer is because while we love podcasting and we know you love podcasts, um, we still need them to spread. So we want more people to learn about podcasts they might like and spread the medium. So corny as it might be, let someone know about a podcast you love with hashtag tripod on Twitter. And with that, let's start the show. Listen in podcast episode 64 with Jake and Sean. It's March Madness weekend. One of the best weekends of the year. One of the best sports weekends. I, no, 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 Jake. One of the best weekends of the year. I'm hedging a little bit because I wonder if there, are, if there are any listeners who don't care that much about sports. But I agree with you. I think March Madness is uh, an exciting time. I actually considered making our Mount Rushmore, spoiler alert, Mount Rushmore's in this episode, um best sports days of the year mm. but that sort of falls out of our our brand a little bit as a music podcast yeah it might alienate some listeners it i'm might. really excited about watching some too. basketball this weekend uh it's always one of my favorite weekends regretting not taking it off from work actually some people will probably think that's ridiculous but it's a it's a fun weekend i look forward yeah, to everyone it. likes different things yeah what i'm also looking forward to jake mm. we get a lot of new releases coming out on the 17th which is when a lot of people will be listening to this that's right on march 17th so how's the how are you liking these albums listeners that you're listening to right that now we don't have yet that's impossible actually because no, no, no. you're some, listening to us right now some people might be one headphone in each ear so it's almost like you know like how i forget which president was who could write in latin with one hand and in english with another yeah. that's like what you'd have to be able to do pretty much you have to be able left to like, brain right brain you have to be able to like bifurcate your yeah, brain yeah a little that's a 10 cent word for you right there Ooh. and uh or 10 dollar word Ooh. whatever the expression is to to be able to listen to a podcast and an album at the same time i think it would be tough it would be tough but i hope you're doing could it. be done uh so big shout sorority noise big shout spoon uh, Spoon's coming out with hot thoughts tomorrow which leads directly into our long running segment now Hot thoughts. I would just, I just need to take a moment, Sean, to pause and, and laud you for that Dude, segue. I, I'm playing fast and loose with. Did you have that one right ready? Now. No, I didn't. That I did is not. a good. It was, it, a good it was segue. forming as you were talking about like left brain, right brain, bifurcated brain. Yeah, I was like, ooh, how can I get this away from what Jake's talking about and get it into like something people care about. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, so yeah, new uh, segment, Hot Thoughts, where we kind of break down the big releases from the past week. Um, you know, I think one of the most interesting, Jake, is a new Frank Ocean song. It was on his Beats Radio channel or mm -hmm. something, which he now has. Um, I'm not going to tune into that. I don't even know how to listen to that, to be quite honest with you. I think you need to get, like, Apple Music. I'm not going to do that. No, it's not going to do that. That's too much of an... And I have too many podcasts to listen to. Hey, uh... Artists and streaming services stop doing all this exclusive content stuff. It is really, really annoying to try and keep up with and then create free trials with fake email addresses to try and get all of them. So just don't do that anymore. The lucky thing is, is that the best thing we would have gotten out of it, we got on Spotify anyways, which yeah. is this new song, Chanel. Chanel. See both sides <laughs> like Chanel. Yeah, that's exactly right. Um, 
really quick, my initial thought when I first listened to it was, okay, this is all right. Uh, have completely turned into full on loving this song at this point. I've listened to it like kind of a lot. Mm. Um, and really interesting production. And it's more Frank doing what he did so well on Blonde, where there's very sparse production, minimal instrumentation, which is like haunting. The the piano on here and like the sort of almost like synthy strings are have a really cool tone, but the emphasis is on his voice. And he does so many cool little riffs and little sort of repetitious things throughout that like it, it's sort of a weird it's structured strangely as a mm-hmm. song it's not like there's not like a verse chorus by any stretch no. there's like several thoughts he has and he kind of repeats them three or four times moves to the next one right which i didn't realize until i listened to it like 10 15 times yeah i've actually only listened to this a couple times i kind of had the same reaction as you or i was like okay yeah this is good i like mm-hmm. this but i haven't either had the time or been overly compelled to go back yet i generally like it um is this just a one-off single? Is this new music he has, new album in the works? Like, what? I don't know. Or if it's integrated marketing, because did you for, see that... For Beats? No, audio? for Chanel. Because oh, Chanel released oh. today, like, some ads that were like, we see both sides like Frank. Oh, and it was like these. I don't know if I like that, if, it, if that was like a planned ad. I hope it wasn't. Or either that, or they just are like, hey, we appreciate the shout-out. Here's one back at you there, uh, Christopher Bro. That's his real name. Mm, interesting. Um, so I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I remember back when uh, Blonde and Endless were coming out. Some of his collaborators were like, he's got hundreds of songs he's been working on. So like, maybe he's just going to release them like this and maybe we'll get an album. Who knows? But yeah. if anyone's going to do what they want in terms of release schedule, it's going to be Frank. Maybe his like response to having released so little music and being so sporadic with his releases is now he's just going to kind of drop music all the time. Yeah. Although the only evidence we have for that is one release, so it's right. hard to speculate. But I'm really liking this, and I do think that if you, if you get the chance to listen some more, I think it'll probably grow on you. How are you feeling on it now? Do you? I li- oh, I like it. Oh, you it's do? good. Okay. It's yeah. good. I, yeah. I couldn't yeah. tell if you were like yeah. not so. No, no, I like I just haven't had a chance really to listen a lot. Got you, yeah. um, it's grown on me a lot. Some other new releases that we have this week. Uh, we're going to go quick through these. Yeah, we're going to rip through these. The Shins came out with Heartworms last week, their first album since 2013. Port of Morrow. Port of Morrow, yeah. Um, this is... It's fine. This is yeah. fine. James Mercer, great songwriter. He's always going to put out stuff that's decent. There's a few good songs on here. Um, overall, though, I can't say I'm overly excited about a new shins album in 2017 just something about it feels like yeah we've been here before we've heard this before like i don't none of it's bad though that's the thing so i feel i feel bad being like eh but eh that's pretty much i think that's exactly how i feel actually because when i the first time i listened through it was the same thing where I was like, ah, I'm not super excited by that. Don't know if I'm going to go back. Today I listened again, and I realized, like, oh, there's, like, a lot of good songs on here. Um, it's just, I guess there's something to be said about the Shins continuing to, or really James Mercer, continuing to churn out music right. that's good the way he sort of always has. I would say that what it is for me is, like, near the second half of this album, I think it gets a little weak. I don't love the songs near the end. I think the opposite i think the first half takes a while to actually get going oh really i think, See, I like I think the first two tracks I think a lot the first song is really good and then there's uh, like three or four in a row where i'm like 
Oh, and then there's a uh, couple towards the end I actually really do like. I really like that second song. So maybe that's all it is. Is like I heard the first two and thought this is really strong, and they got kind of bored. Yeah. And maybe that made me think that the whole thing fizzles after that. Yeah. Another new album that came out is Semper Femina, the new release from Laura Marling, an English. Right? She's British. Yeah, it sounds like it. Singer-songwriter. Um, and I don't have that much of a history with Laura Marling's music. No, me neither. Listen to this album a few times now, and I get the vibe, Sean, that I'm enjoying it a little bit more than you are at this juncture. Yeah, I, so I've only listened a couple times, and I remember I texted you yesterday. I was like, is it just me, or is all of the music that came out this past week kind of boring? And you were like, no, I actually really like this Laura Marling album. Put myself out there. Got shut down. But I think that it's actually good sometimes if we disagree yeah, because yeah. some people have said, and I won't name names, I think a common criticism of the podcast is we agree too much. Hmm. I think we do agree we, on most. I, I, think, I think we do. I think it can alienate certain people who have a differing opinion. We, because what it can become is like there's these two guys who are so high on their own opinion that they've yeah. created a podcast about it, <laughs> and they both agree that Laura Marling is great, so I <laughs> right. must think that or I'm wrong or something. Yeah, exactly. I will say... I didn't mean to shoot you down. No, 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 no. That wasn't my intention. No, I... Trust tree. New segment, trust tree. <laughs> I think it is probably good that maybe we're, we're disagreeing. Again, this isn't bad by any stretch. I, I was listening again, and there's some good songs on here. I think Wild Once is a really good song. Yeah, I listen... Wait, which... Is that, like, near the middle end of the yeah, album? Yeah, near the middle Where she, end. like, talks a little bit? Uh, yeah. Her accent's really cool. Yeah, it is. It is really cool. So, yeah, there's some good stuff on here. I just can't say I'm, like, super excited to go back. It felt like it's like, oh, got to listen to Laura Marling again. Or, like, it wasn't like, oh, yes, I can't wait to listen to that. I hear that. And I think that, just to clarify, I'm enjoying it, I think, more than you have been. But I'm not, I have no, like, misconceptions that it's going to be. A top five album. So of the what year you just said, just just for the listeners, what you just said okay. to clarify is top three album of the year lock. Um, if you want to interpret it that way, listeners, roll back the tape and see if that's what I said. <laughs> What's next, Sean, on our list? Uh, the next album release that we had was uh, JSOM. This got a best new music on Pitchfork. Um, this has had some hype leading up to it. I think a couple of the music writers that we that we follow on Twitter have been talking this album up a lot. Um, I actually listened to her first release that came out in 2015 at the start of this year, towards the end of last year. I, I thought it was decent. I thought there was some room to grow, and I was excited to see what came next. I gotta be honest again. I think I wanted a little bit more out of this album than what I'm getting. I really like a few of the songs on here. Bus Song mm -hmm. is one of my favorite songs of the year. Me too. I really, really like that song. Um, I think Everybody Works is really good. I just, I'm left feeling a little cold by the time I get to the end of this album. It's, I'm always like, yeah, that was good, but I'm not clamoring for another listen, I guess. I can understand that, and um, I think, again, this was lumped into that same text where you mm, seemed mm -hmm. bored with a couple albums, and I think on both counts, I was like, ah, I think I'm maybe enjoying that more. Because, yeah. um, like you said, the, the bus song is awesome. I've been loving that. I think that... But I like the bus. 
everybody chimes in for that. <laughs> yeah. That song, honestly, on top of being good, is like really strange. Yeah. Like it has like this kind of weirdish chord progression and just everything about the way it's produced is sort of odd. There's weird voices that come in and out. Other songs I I, I really think the first half of the album is really strong, like from lipstick stains on down through like baby. Mm-hmm. I also love one more time, please. I think that song is awesome. Mm-hmm. It has this really cool guitar solo that kind of rips in. And I don't know if that is, um, what is Jason's real name? I don't, I don't know. I don't know either. So I'm gonna call her well, Jason. You had an interesting take. Yeah, I did, and I'm not fully comfortable with it. But here's here it is, anyways, listeners. So th- we're gonna. This is another trust tree <laughs> segment. Um, so Jason, based on Spotify pictures, appears to be of Asian lineage, um, and. As I was listening through this album, I had the thought that I am personally uncomfortable thinking or saying, which is that I think her voice sounds and reminds me of Mitski, who is also Asian. And wow, so, really, really racist of you. Well, we're somewhere under the trust tree. No, 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 we're not. No, everyone's judging you and hates you. <laughs> so and I hate myself for it. And the truth is, is there are songs where I think her voice sounds like Mitski's voice. Mm. So I don't know what to tell you. Um, uh, but not an intentionally racist thought. Wow. Yeah. Sure. But, sure it uh, wasn't. Sure, Jake. Wow. Way to just generalize an entire group of people. That's kind of fucked. So outside of that, I think that some of the stuff that she's doing with guitar on this album is really cool. Um, kind of like Mitski did stuff with guitar too, right? Uh, in a different way. Totally oh, different oh, sound. Oh, oh, now that one's different. Okay. okay. <laughs> oh, oh, so, <laughs> now so, it's different. So guitar is di- more different than people of the same race. <laughs> That's what you just said. Um all that aside, I uh, have been liking this album a fair bit. I did listen once last night, and I would agree that it's a little uneven. I think that what happens with this is there's some really, really strong songs, and there are some that are a little more forgettable. Yeah. And I just think yeah. that, like, overall, it's an enjoyable package. I don't know how much it hangs together. Yeah. It's getting a lot of love critically, though. It is. It kind of reminds me a little bit of... The buzz that Cardinal got by Pine Grove last year came out around the same time of the year. Yep. Same type of thing where they had kind of a, a compilation compilation album that came out the year prior. And then they came out with their first full-length release. Uh, getting a lot of love. It's just I ended up liking Cardinal a little bit better than what I'm liking uh, this JSOM record as. Uh, our last one that we have for Hot Thoughts. <coughs> Sorry. Is Jens Lechman? Jens Lechman? Yeah. How do you pronounce this dude's name? This dude's wild. I'm not fully sure. And so we're going to call him Jens. Jens. He's a Swedish singer songwriter slash like producer. He makes this like super earnest, friendly, (laughs) like, you know what it is? Is I think because he's Swedish. And I don't know what his first language was, but he writes in English like someone who uses the you know how someone who where English is a second language they use English in a way that's more beautiful than you could ever <laughs> yeah, think to yeah, yeah. cuz it's you're like oh they're using words and they're phrasing things in a way that like I wouldn't think to as a native English speaker right the songs on this album are are wild it's like this it's this dance album kind of yeah it's like um, this poppy What's the one, the song with the sandalwood? Dude, okay. This song is so goddamn catchy. It's called What's That Perfume That You Wear? Yeah. And it's just like, it goes, it smells so good, that sandalwood. Lavender, lemon ginger. Lavender. (laughs) 
<laughs> Lemon ginger. Yeah. It's and like this... all the while, there's like this island riff, like dun 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 dun. dun. Yeah, like it's awesome. <laughs> it's I can't get catchy. enough of it. Yeah, yeah. I gotta listen. I listened to this album for the second time today. I think the reason it's coming out. This is a few weeks old now. But I don't. Oh, think... it's like it's maybe like a, a, over a month or so old now. It's I think it might have came out actually end of January or something or like yeah. But I think it's just taking time for us to like revisit get around or something. to it. Yeah. Um, I'm definitely gonna keep this one in the rotation. <laughs> Me too. It's fun. I enjoy the songs on this one. There's one that's really cool where it's like. A five-year-old looking at a ten-year-old. Yeah, dude, that reminds me of a Paul Simon song so hard. Oh, really? Yeah. It's yeah. an interesting thing where it's like it, it kind of shows like how we learn from other people. Because yeah. a five-year-old is looking at a ten-year-old doing something wrong. Who's looking at a fifteen-year-old doing something that's a little worse? Who's looking at a twenty-year-old who's like I think it's chain smoking. Yeah. I don't know what he says about the thirty-year-old. I don't know either. Cool chain yeah. It is. I love that it. song. Yeah, wedding in finestier or something like that. Very, yeah. very. The only word I can think of to describe it is like just earnest. Very earnest. Just like yeah. this very sincere, happy, Swedish dance. Pop. Yeah, dude. I might be most in on that album out of any of these that came out this week. On, on gems? Yeah, yeah. I, I couldn't blame you. So that concludes Hot Thoughts this week. We learned that JSOM is a top three lock in Jake's end of... Oh, no, sorry. Laura Marling is a top three lock in Jake is Racist is what we learned. Huh. Uh, that was a good so, segment for both of us. Yeah, yeah. We, came, we both sort of came out on top of we that did, one. We did, we did. Uh, March Madness bracket time, Jake. Let's do it. So if you listen... So much contempt in your voice. <laughs> Oh, March Madness bracket time, Jake. Racist, racist, Jake. <laughs> if you were with us last week, you heard our March Madness bracket announcement episode where we announced that we are doing the best guitarists of all time. Uh, last year, we did our best lead singers of all time, so we decided to run it back yeah. again. We are, uh, I think you could say we're taking this a little less seriously than we maybe took our lead singer bracket, though, Jake. We we did our announcement, our selection Sunday, if you will, last week. Um, I think this is going to be fun. I think this is going to be fun. Yeah, and so there's a couple pieces of evidence that will show you that we're taking it less seriously. One, last year we blogged all these and took time to write little um, blurbs about each and just got raked over the coals by friends and family on Facebook for trying something. <laughs> This year we didn't write anything. We're going to make all our decisions, all our calls, live, not live, recorded on this podcast. Number two, we decided that if there's a matchup that we are, there's a hung jury, we can't decide, we're split on it, we're just going to flip a coin. <laughs> we are we're literally going to flip a we're coin. We're literally going to flip. I yep. have a quarter here. It is a, uh, it appears to be, let's see, what state is this? Some bad radio. Bad, Blue Ridge, Blue Ridge Parkway. Oh, okay. commemorative quarter. Oh, good. So, good. so heads will be George Washington, tails will be the Blue the, Ridge the Parkway. Beautiful Blue Ridge Parkway. And for seventy nine ninety nine, <laughs> this beautiful <laughs> commemorative coin could be yours. So, with that, we're going to jump in. Let's start it off. So, this episode, since if you are familiar with March Madness at all, you know that there are sixty four teams or sixty four entries that start the tournament off, and then it goes down by half each round until you get to the final four and eventually the championship. So we have sixty four guitarists from four different regions. We have thirty two or sixteen, sorry, sixteen guitarists in the fifties and sixties. We have another sixteen in the seventies, another sixteen in the eighties, and then we have sixteen in the nineties, two thousands, and today. So what we're going to do is we're going to do the first round this week, and then next week we're going to do the second round and get down to the Sweet 16, um, and we'll have our Elite 8 for uh, after next week. 
I thought we were gonna do two rounds. We next we, we will. So okay. we'll have our we'll know yeah, yeah. we'll know who is in the elite eight. Uh, I I, I um, get what you're saying. So let's start off with the 1950s and 1960s region, where we have our one seed Jimi Hendrix going up against Roger McGinn of the Birds. This is easy. This is two 60s guitar guys. One is clearly better than the other. Roger McGinn to the championship. <laughs> he moves on. No, Hendrix wins in a route. Yeah, this is honestly like this is one of the rare games where a college team scores like close to a hundred. Jimi Hendrix in this situation, like they didn't even need to play the starters. No. They played the the bench guys who are walk ons who don't have scholarships. Hendrix, which means Hendrix didn't bring his best. He he played like Manic Depression and nineteen eighty three, a mermaid. If I turn, he to played be. fucking uh, what's that song sung by like the drummer? Oh man, what is a uh, little Miss Strange? Little Miss Strange. He just won with Little Miss Strange because he plays a solo on it. Like, yeah. yeah. So Jimi Hendrix moving on to the next All round. Right, so Hendrix, um, um, our second matchup. While Sean types, we got eight seed Les Paul. Versus nine seed Bo Diddley. Okay, here's here's where logic, Jake, is okay. going to come into play in this. Logic. Cold, hard facts and logic. Yep. Fact. Les Paul yep. is also the name of a cool Gibson guitar yep. that was made famous by Jimmy Page. Yep. Fact. Bo Diddley plays a square guitar. So, really? who? I'm going with Les Paul. you go going Les Paul because I was going to say Bo Diddley plays a square guitar... Kind of cool. Flip coin a coin. Flip. Time okay. to flip a coin. For, for expedience sake, not a real word. For the sake of speed, let's say higher seeds are always head, lower seeds are always tails. Perfect. Okay, so Les Paul's heads, Bo Diddley is tails. What do we got? What do we got? What do we got? Oh, tails. Tails. Bo Diddley Bo moves on. Bo Diddley. This is, this is riveting Dude, stuff. Dude, this is... <laughs> I like this. I, we, I didn't this expect to have a... Why aren't we like betting on this? I don't know. This I is great. I didn't expect Probably because we're deciding it. Uh, <laughs> okay. Um, next matchup in the fifties and sixties, we have Chuck Berry going up against John Lennon. Fun fact, Jake, that I don't think you know: uh, John Lennon used to beat his wife. So I'm going with Chuck Berry in this one. I'm gonna go with Chuck Berry too, as um, a more influential guitar player. Yep. Just bottom line yep. on 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 John Lennon's uh, generation. That's right. Next one, number four seed BB King versus number thirteen seed Robert Johnson. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to go with B.B. King on longevity alone. What's your vote? You know, I I was thinking this is a fun 13 over the four upset with Robert Johnson because for two reasons. One, he influenced basically anyone who played blues before. So kind of like B.B. King would, would have been influenced. I don't know if B.B. King was a blues guitarist. He was. Okay, so he was influenced by Robert Johnson. So Robert Johnson kind of owns his ass already. Mental and midget type of thing. Exactly. Ooh, that's two midgets I've said tonight. Yeah, yeah, watch out for that. Problematic. Robert Johnson also has that awesome picture. It's like the only picture of him. Of him holding he, an acoustic. He's like holding the acoustic guitar in like this pinstripe suit, and it's definitely the only clothes that he owns. For sure. So I pick Robert Johnson this one. Did I convince you, or do we need to go to coin flip? Uh, I think we're going to go to the coin flip because <laughs> okay. it's fun. All right. So in this case, we got BB King, four seed is heads. Robert Johnson, 13 seed is tails. Tails never fails. Tails never fails. Tails. Yes. Robert yes. Johnson yes. moves on. Robert Johnson is making a run here. Okay. I'm going to fight for his ass in the next round, too. Okay. All right. Next one. We have George Harrison of the Beatles mm-hmm. going up against Buddy Holly. Okay. I'm going to go George here for the reason that I think he was t- a more technical guitar player 
and Buddy Holly was very influential, but didn't live very long, which is a sad reason to have him lose. I agree. I'm going with George Harrison here as well. Okay, moving on, we got three seed Keith Richards versus 14 seed Django Reinhardt, mm. jazz guitarist extraordinaire. So we got kind of um, opposing styles here. We got the jazz flourishes of Django uh, versus the angular rhythm-based guitar playing of Keith Richards. Who you got? Uh, if that was talking jazz, I'm going Keith Richards. Okay, I'll agree with you. Okay. So you started typing a little early on that one. Yeah, that's right. Uh, next. Some people would be incensed by that <laughs> yeah, choice, I know. I think. Yeah, they would. They would. Good thing we, don't have, we have jazz purists listening to our podcast. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to agree with you. We're going to send Keith unanimously and offer no explanation. <laughs> no, we're not. Okay, next. <laughs> Albert King at the seven seed going up against Scotty Moore of Elvis's band in the 10 seed. This is... Let's go right to the coin flip yeah, on this and one. And we're going to the coin. All right, we got Albert King, 7 seed his head, Scotty Moore, 10 seed his tails. 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 Dude, Tails has... Scotty held, Moore. Tails has held sway. All right, so Tails never fails. Elvis guitarist Scotty Moore moves on. Um, two seed, Eric Clapton. Slow hands. Slow hand taking on... Is it slow hand or slow hands? I always thought it was I, slow, slow hand. hand. Slow hand, yeah. Um, sounds like a Sorry. masturbation thing. Yeah, it does. Big, big time. Which I, Like Marianne with the shaky hand. That's right. We'll get to Pete Townsend in due time. A quick one while he's away. That's right. Eric Clapton, the two seed versus 15 seed Robbie Robertson. I think... We, with a plucky 15 seed like Robbie, he's still... Eric Clapton has too this, much firepower. This is what happened. Eric Clapton tried to do a Jimi Hendrix thing. He brought out, like, some boring-ass MTV Unplugged songs that aren't the acoustic version of Layla. And Robbie Robertson kept it close fire. for the first half. Clapton brought out Layla, yeah. blew his ass out he in the did, second yeah. Half. Eric Clapton moves on to the, uh, to the second round. All right, so we are on to the 1970s. That's right. Our one seed in the 70s region is Jimmy Page going up against the riff master, Richie Blackmore, Smoke on the Water. One question for you here, Sean. Should we go to the coin? (laughs) No, this is an easy one. Is it too close to call? This is easy. Yeah, it's Jimmy Page beating Richie Blackmore at his own game. Uh, Somewhere out there, we have a listener who is... A deep purple purist. It, it, this is bull crap. This is a bunch of <laughs> this is a bunch of bullshit. <laughs> they didn't even explain Fuck why. You guys. All right. In uh, the next um, matchup, we have eight seed Jerry Garcia going up against nine seed Tony Iommi. I'm gonna pick Tony Iommi just because I like Black Sabbath more, and I don't really know anything <sighs> by the Grateful Dead. That's on same here. Also, though, Jerry Garcia. Had all ten of his fingers, as far as I know, mm-hmm. and also inspired. Bill Walton to to be Bill Walton basically Jerry Garcia up there <laughs> teaching and it's peace and it's love it's peace and it's happiness and everyone's getting along <laughs> and we're learning and there's knowledge <laughs> and there's happiness uh, despite his best efforts though uh, Bill Walton's friend Jerry Garcia will not be well, yeah I'm on. going yeah t- also Tony, Tony Iommi used to beat the shit out of Ozzy Osbourne next That's, matchup <laughs> next matchup. The five seed, Pete Townsend of The Who, going up against Jake's dark horse to win the whole damn thing, Joe Perry of Aerosmith. So, Jake, tell me why Joe Perry should go on to the next round. The reason he should go on to the next round is that he shouldn't. Pete Townsend in a landslide. I'll tell you why Pete Townsend should. Windmill power chords. That's why. Windmill, and he was a, a lead player who only played when he had to and wasn't super flashy, and also the songwriter of the band. The question mm. listeners might be asking is, is this a songwriting competition, Jake? No, it's not. 
but I'm no. determining the outcome. <laughs> Next, four seed David Gilmore um, of Pink Floyd fame versus 13 seed Johnny Ramone. Uh, really opposing styles of play. <laughs> I have I have just one phrase for you. David Gilmore's laying down color on this yeah. solo. He is. And for that experience and that time alone, he yes. goes on to the next round. Big shout to Josh. Big friend of the pod, Josh, on that one. Just something that no one except Josh no, will understand. No. Alienating people left and right here. But a great soloist, David Gilmore. Yeah. Next and, and if you're ever talking about an awesome solo, refer to it as the guitarist laying down color. That's right. That's right. <laughs> uh, we got Neil Young at the sixth seed. Going up against the 11 seed, Brian May. Fun fact, Brian May built his own guitar, Jake. So is that enough to propel him to the next round? I don't know. Neil Young, Godfather of Grunge, would play like three notes in a solo. Brian May, very technical, kind of up and down the It depends on what you like. I like Cinnamon Girl a yep. lot. It's it's dirty. I also like the nice blues guitar that you hear on the, on, on the beach. Yeah, I do too. I, so, I'm more inclined to Neil Young's style. Too. While I think Brian May was a technically a better player, I'm going Neil. Okay, Neil Young it is. All right. But Jake, uh, Brian May did build his own guitar. So Built his own guitar and played some great leads. People forget that. On like Killer Queen and Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah. Loses in the first round. Um, <laughs> next matchup, we have the three seed, Dwayne Allman. By the way, I think we've gone all chalk here except for Tony Iommi. <laughs> the nine beating the eight. Big upset alert. All right, well, hey, upset alert here, except not. Uh, well, maybe. Three seed Dwayne Allman versus 14 seed John McLaughlin. So here's a great example, Sean, of a matchup that's being dictated by two guys who know nothing really about either of them. I know. I, I know, know. I know, like, a little bit about both. Uh, so I'm base, I'm going to give this to Dwayne Allman, at least from my point of view, because I played Guitar Hero, and there was a, an Allman Brothers song in Guitar Hero. It was the one that goes... Do 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 Um Jessica. Yeah, Jessica. I'm going Dwayne Allman there. What do you think? I'm gonna go John McLaughlin so we can go to the We gotta go to the coin. Because John McLaughlin was an innovative jazz fusion guitar player and you know, he is the epitome of someone that someone like Dwayne Allman, who gets all the love as a three C would overlook. So this is a big upset. Keep in mind we've had a nice run of tails here. We're due for a heads. And my boy Dwayne Allman has a heads. We'll see right now. All right. Dwayne Allman's heads, John McLaughlin's tails. It was a big toss. Heads. All Dwayne right. Allman moves Dwayne on. Allman. Great. All right. Uh, I think you're up. Announcing yes. The next one. We have our seven seed, Carlos Santana of Rob Thomas Smooth Fame, going up against Frank Zappa of Frank Zappa Fame. Of, of Dave Longstreth of the, Dave, the Dirty Projectors Hates. That's right. Fame. That's right. Uh, I am going with Carlos Santana here because Smooth was the song of a generation. I'm going to go with Zappa just because I like it more. We're flipping the coin. Okay. All right. Heads is uh, Santana, tails is Zappa. Tails. Oh, that's... Uh, Zappa moves on. Big, big upset there. All the, Rob Thomas is is hurt. He's rolling He's in his grave. He's a unit right now. Rob Thomas is rolling in his grave. That's a living man. <laughs> All right, you want to round out the 70s for us? Yep, we got two seed Jeff Beck, who no one has ever listened to. That's right. Against 15 seed Joni Mitchell, who <laughs> no one has ever listened to. I've listened to some of uh, what's on the album Blue. Okay, okay. Some of. Okay. Uh, I Some of. Um, this is a coin flip for me. I, like, let's I, do it. Okay, let's just go I coin. I, honestly, I don't care if Jeff Beck. I mean, that's a great. Is he di- is he dead yet? <laughs> I don't know. Jeff Beck, he might be. Like, I, I couldn't tell you seriously the name of one solo Jeff Beck song. Could you? 
No. I no. don't know even one. No, I couldn't. And his his the fate of his tournament rests on a coin flip. Coin flip. All right, Joni Mitchell's tails, Jeff Beck is heads. Heads, Jeff, Jeff Beck moves Beck, on. You know, <sighs> yeah, he's just too good. That's he's the too thing. good. He's we very did, talented. What we determined there was just the better player won. Just too good. That's really just logic winning. Yeah. All right, we're moving on to the 1980s. Let me, for these two, take the one seed. Okay. That way we switch sure, it up. Sure, sure. Okay, so in the 80s, we got one seed, Eddie Van Halen, against 16 seed, The Cure's Robert Smith. You know, we've never seen a 16 seed upset a one seed in real life or in fake bracket life. It's not going to start here with Robert Smith. I mean, it's it's Eddie Van Halen. Say what you want about Van Halen. Like you gotta respect the the craft, respect the biz, respect the biz, and he's he's the most shredder on here. But he's yeah. a great great guitar player. Yeah. I, I think we go chalk. Eddie there. Van Halen, he wins. All right, we got an eight nine seed. I wonder how loud the typing is on the. Uh, could be loud. Doesn't people matter. know we're keeping track of shit. That's so. right. That's right. Uh, okay, next one we have the eight seed Johnny Marr of the Smiths and later Modest Mouse going up against Mark Knopfler of Dire Straits. Um, I'm gonna tell you what, Jake. Okay, I'm going Johnny Marr here. Okay. He's cool. He's cooler. He is cooler. cooler. Mark Knopfler, Dire Straits, here's Salt the, the Swing. Fucking lame, dude. I don't know because here's the thing. We're going coin flip here because ah, okay, while I like okay. the Smiths better, okay. uh, I love the Sultans of Swing solo, and he's pretty much, that's the whole reason he's going to maybe continue to move on I know. from me. Okay. Uh, Johnny Mars heads, Mark Knopfler's tails. Tails. Oh, Sean. God damn it. That, that is the refs. The refs fucked over Johnny Marr on that's that That's like one. a 2002 King situation. That, that's fucked, oh, man. Oh, no. That's fucked. Okay, five seed, The Edge, going up against 12 seed Bruce Springsteen. So I know Sean is going to fight hard for the boss here. Bruce Springsteen is moving on. No coin flip. The Edge is... Is <laughs> oh don't disrespect the coin. Oh no, there's a coin flip, Sean. <laughs> the Edge is wearing his dumb little beanie. Yep. Because I think he just might be a fucking robot, and his beanie is hiding where he gets his batteries put. Sean, in. he's a five seed for a reason. We're uh, going to the coin all right, flip. All right. And the reason is he invented kind of a guitar sound in the eighties. <sighs> okay. Heads. Uh, sorry. The Edge is heads. The boss is tails. Tails. Yes. Springsteen okay. Moves I on. will trade Johnny Marr losing for Bruce right. Springsteen right. winning. Fair is fair. You know what I like about this heads and tails situation, Sean, is it introduces upsets into I, the. I know. Uh, yeah. 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 Into this the is, mix. This here. is good. This is good. The '80s is turning into an interesting bracket. For yeah, sure. You can say that again. Okay. Uh, you are up. No, I just said no. The edge. I'm up. Uh, four seed Prince mm-hmm. going up against the 13 seed Thurston Moore of Sonic Youth. This is a bloodbath. This is Prince. Prince this is wins. Prince all the way. Prince Purple wins Rain. Easy. Purple Rain rains down rains. upon Thurston Moore. And if that was the best I could come up with, um, <laughs> I really don't know. I Give have to up. reevaluate this, some things. This is a fun one. Okay, here's, here's a good one. Um, we have tasteful, tasteful guitarists here. Only play the notes they need to. They're like, you know, they're just... They're, they're like, like Gilmore, but, or even, Clapton. but even more conservative. They're the, they, they, these two guitarists ascribe to the, to the saying... Um, it's more about the notes you don't play mm. than the notes you play. Mm-hmm. We have Randy Rhodes of Ozzy Osbourne fame. And Quiet Riot fame. Yep. And Kirk <laughs> Hammett of Metallica fame. I'm going to the coin. Uh, I agree. The um, only thing that I hope happen, I, I'm rooting for Randy Rhodes here simply because I like referencing Quiet Riot and the song Come On, Feel the Noise. You know what? You've convinced me. C-U-M. You've convinced me. Randy Rhodes moves on. 
Randy Rhodes moves, Rhodes moves on. All right, great. Down that winding Come road. on, feel the noise, Randy Rhodes. I'm not even 100% sure if he was in that band, it to be quite honest with it you. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. He moves on. Okay, next one, we have three-seed Slash going up against 14-seed Bonnie Raitt of I Love Rock and Roll fame. Wrong song. That was Joan Jett. I know. Um, I'm going Slash here. I, you got to go Slash here because... Uh, I played as against him in Guitar Hero. And you came up on top. Yeah, I did. So I kind of own Slash. Sean, why aren't you the three seed on here? I'm the one seed in the 2000s. Okay, that's not true. Um, next, we have seven seed Angus Young of Akadaka fame, as they're called in Australia. The Aussies call him that. Yep, ACDC for all you uh, for, Yankees. For Yeah, for normal people. Um, and we have 10 seed Billy Gibbons of ZZ Top fame. Just looking for some tush. That's right. That's right. Lord take me downtown. Angus Young wins. Uh, it's got to be Angus, right? Yeah, we pick yeah, him. Yeah. I think okay. I think easy there. Yeah, no coin flip needed. I mean, I, I don't even know. I think Billy Gibbons could arguably be a better guitar player. Probably. I just like ACDC more than ZZ Top. Yeah. The, you know what that is? That's like the alphabet bowl. A lot of just like individual letters. ZZ yeah. A C D C A Z Z Z Z Z Z Z Jimmy Jazz. Next, we have the two seeds, Stevie Ray Vaughan, going up against the fifteen seed Malcolm Young, Angus Young's less talented brother. I am going Stevie Ray Vaughan here on name and reputation alone. I've literally never heard a Stevie Ray Vaughan song that I know of. You've heard like Pride and Joy. Maybe. She's my pride oh, okay. and joy. Yeah, like the, okay. You've heard that song. Yeah. Okay. Stevie Ray Vaughan it is. The pride and joy of... I don't even know where he's from. Um, next, we move into the 1990s, 2000s, this is and fun. today bracket. <laughs> <laughs> First matchup, Tom Morello of Rage Against the Machine and Audio Slave, arguably more important than right, Rage. Right, right. Um, Against Adam Scuff Ackerman of Sorority Noise, yeah. big friend of the pod. Yeah, huge friend of the pod. Uh, we going to the coin? No, <laughs> <laughs> this is a tough one. Uh, I think you have to go Tom Morello because I've seen him up close, Jake. Again in Guitar Hero, we went head to head in a guitar duel. Yeah, that's right. Um, so I, I think you know, just game respect game. I got to go Tom Morello. I'm going to agree with you. I think while Adam is a great, great guy, very cordial, very polite. Just a nice guy. Just a good kid with a bright future and a hell of a yeah. guitar player. I'm going Tom Morello. Yeah. Um, which hurts to do. It does. It does. To a big friend of the pod, Adam. All right. We have the eight seed, Kevin Shields of My Bloody Valentine, going up against the nine seed, Josh Home. Did we get a, a ruling on how you pronounce like, this dude's like name of something. Queens of the Stone Age? No, we didn't. Okay, we don't know. We don't know, and for that reason, we're going with Kevin Shields, so we don't have to do this again in the second round. I'm going to agree with you. Okay. Yeah, All I right. think, well, Josh Hame, see, this is exactly why he lost, um, <laughs> is a better... Can't, can't win with a guy like that. More technical guitar player, better riff meister. Kevin Shields kind of invented a sound or like perfected a sound mm, with dream pop with what almost. he did for yeah. uh with with shoegaze and dream pop yeah next we have five seed johnny greenwood of hair in front of his eyes and radiohead fame um versus mike mccready of pearl jam fame which you could have fooled me I, that his name doesn't sound famous at all uh no and i think the easy the, the smart money is put on johnny greenwood here that's however 
I'm going to make us go to the coin. Wow. Because Mike McCready lays down an awesome solo oh, in a live, no. and I listened to 10 yesterday by Pearl Jam. So we're going to the coin. I, I You is, made me go to the coin on Bruce Springsteen. We're going to the coin here. And Steen lost, right? No, he won. He won. We also went to the coin on the one. Uh, okay. Johnny, yeah. I want the listeners to know this is the one I'm the most upset about. <laughs> I, I had Johnny Greenwood in a landslide. No, no, no. no, right, no. Right, Mike McCready. Johnny Greenwood is heads, Mike McCready's tails. We're due. Tails. Yes. Yes. The upset. Mike McCready. That one's upsetting. That's, hey, dude, 12, 12 seeds beat fives all the time. You got to watch out for those. They do. I, I I just disagree with that one. But hey, that's, you know what? That's, hey. that's You live by the coin, you die by the that's coin. That's true. That's um, true. That's just March Madness for you. All right. Next one we got here is Kurt Cobain of Nirvana um, going up against Alex Turner of Arctic Monkeys. Brian Storm riff is pretty technical. Brian Storm's cool. Hard to play and sing at the same the time. The Do I Want to Know riff is cool. Pretty cool. Uh, smells like Teen Spirit's a thing. Kurt wins. Kurt wins. In my estimation. Coin. <laughs> and Alex Turner wins. Oh, good. We got Mike McCready, Alex Turner in the second round. Um, next. Right. Kurt, yeah, Kurt Cobain, just to clarify. Moves on. John Frusciante of Red Hot Chili Peppers. Against Jerry Cantrell of, I think... Allison Chains. Allison Chains. What do you mean, I think? I forgot. Put some respect on his name. I, I honestly forgot. Uh, okay, here's a couple 90s stalwarts. Um, and I didn't know what the word stalwart meant. <laughs> John Gruden, big friend of the pod. <laughs> this is a coin all a the coin, way. This coin is a toss. coin. Right, here we go. It is... Heads. Oh, now heads John, comes through. John Frusciante. For John Frusciante, heads comes through. Name one John Frusciante memorable guitar thing. The thing at the beginning of like under the bridge. Under the bridge. Okay. Yeah. How about ooh Snow Ao? Do 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 do. What's the one that's like dum do 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 do? Oh, um, Californication. I don't think that's that. Oh, that's under the bridge. You were just doing. Oh, is that under? Yeah, that's under the bridge. Yeah. Moving right on. Okay. What do we got? I think it's you. Oh, it's me. John Mayer, the three seed, going up against Aaron Dessner of the National, who writes. A lot of their songs, most of their songs. Uh, I think we have to go with John Mayer. I think John Mayer is the villain of this tournament. He is. He is. He, he, he has that pop music thing that dudes like Kevin Shields are like, fuck you, dude. Yeah, he's, like, he's widely hated. You didn't give yourself tinnitus, tinnitus. Tinnitus? Tinnitus. And like spend thousands of dollars and years making a record that... Became a cult classic, so and bankrupted your label. Yeah, um, so that was sort of more about Kevin, Kevin Shields. Shields than John Mayer. But John Mayer was on an episode of Chappelle's Show, so for that reason, he moves on. He also moves on because, like, he, he's actually an incredible guitar player. Yeah, nothing that's mattered in this tournament. No, not at all. Next, we have Annie Clark of Saint Vincent versus Kurt Vile um, of Kurt Vile, yep. and in this matchup, we have two Kurt Vile. Fun fact: used to be in the War on Drugs. That's right. And two sort of different styles. Kurt's a little more laid back. I think Annie Clark, a little more, like probably a better player technically. Mm, yeah. I kind of want to go to the coin. Uh, I was going to say Annie Clark just just because I really like Annie Clark and I want to see her move on. But I'm going to bring we, it to the coin. We can go to the coin. Let's All right. <laughs> We're going to the coin. Remember last week when we were like, I think Annie Clark's going to go really far. Yep. And now she's <laughs> now she's on the coin because of what you did to Johnny. <laughs> God damn it. All right. Here okay. we go. Annie Clark is heads. Kurt Vile's tails. 
Heads. Andy Clark moves okay. on. All right. Justice. Yeah, that's fair. Fair is fair. Justice. Unless it's not. And Mike McCready beats Johnny Greenwood. Oh. Last. We got this last match okay. up here, Sean. We have Jack White at number two, the originator of blues. Mm-hmm. Invented it. Uh, going up against Dan Auerbach at our 15th seed. Who appropriated who blues. Stole the blues right out from Jack White's nose. Jack White is going to make a record out of Play-Doh that talks about how Dan Auerbach is a meanie head. It's going to be a spoken word album where he plays a guitar that is made out of a piece of like wire with two na- like strung across two nails. Yeah, for that reason, I think it's Jack White here. Jack White moves on. Jack White moves on. Okay. All right. What a first round. Bit, a lot of big matchups, a lot of buzzer beaters, a lot of drama, a lot of coin flips. A lot of coin a lot flips. A lot of coin flips. Jake seems a little upset about Mike McCready. I'm really not. I, I mean, like, we're, uh, this is, it's, <clears throat> what it is, is I'm getting caught up in the fervor of the tournament. That's right. You know, it's been a madness. S- hashtag madness. It was madness. It was a scintillating first round, and That's I think right. it's good that I had a tough beat there. Mm. I think it's going to come right back next round. I'm going to have a yeah, matchup yeah, yeah, that I, I'm yeah. going to end up yeah. getting a win on. Um, Tough to see Johnny lose. He's one of my personal favorite guitarists. That's all it was. Okay. No hard feelings. Okay. No, yeah. So we will be doing the next round uh, on next week's episode. So stay tuned. I think maybe as the as the rounds go on more yeah. and we get down to the Elite Eight, the Final Four, we'll actually have some analysis um, right. and some fair takes on this. And, Sean, some coin flips. Some coin flips, for sure. Should we do a Twitter poll, or is there still too many matchups? I think there's still too many matchups. Look out for that next round, listeners. And yeah. let us know what you think of the outcome of these matchups, yeah. because um, as Two-Face would say, it was uh, impartial and fair, <laughs> the way we dictated these. Just pure chance. <laughs> That's right. Pure chance. I mean, I think Tails won the day like by a count of... We did kind of a lot of coin flips. We did maybe like half coin flips. And I think... I think Tails was like a f- like Tails never fails five to three split. Tails never fails. Yeah, yeah. So that that was a, a fun segment. What okay. do we have? Yeah, next we're here? moving on to our Mount Rushmore. So since we gave so much love to guitarists, yep. we're gonna give a little love to the guitarist's ugly little brother, the bass player, the bass guitar player. Yep. So we're doing a Mount Rushmore of bass guitarists His, here. It's it's the guitar's less versatile, deeper voiced. Brother. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. Um, um, you want me to go first? Yeah, you go ahead. Okay. Uh, Paul McCartney here. You got to go Macca. Uh, that nice bouncy bass. Played, Very, in the, played in the Beatles. Did you know that? Did you know he was in the Beatles? You, you stumped me there. Okay, well, he was the Beatles bassist. That I didn't know. Um, my next one, I have John Paul Jones. Uh, I have not yet begun to fight. Revolutionary War Sea Captain. Okay. Uh, no, that's John Paul Jones from uh, Led Zeppelin. Uh, my next one is Jack White's guitar on Seven Nation Army. That mm-hmm. is my third favorite bass player of all time. Um, and then my last favorite bass bass player is the Japan Droids bassist. So what you've done there is that's you've just abstained. I. I no, I picked four. You conscientiously objected to to picking a fourth bass yeah. player. Yeah. 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 Which yeah. is all right. Yeah. Because what I realized is that as I picked the topic for this week's um, Mount Rushmore, and as I was going through, I realized pretty quick, and I think Sean did too, that there aren't a lot of bass players I like love. So my one and two easy were Paul McCartney and John Paul Jones, just like Sean's. I have John Entwistle from The Who, who I like less as a bass player, but he just seems like he should be on here, and I like The Who enough. And then I picked Charlie Mingus, 
which I literally wrote in my notes is my pretentious pick that signifies I quote unquote get jazz. Mm, mm-hmm. I know he was a bass player. Could I tell you how one of his bass lines go? Mm, no, okay. I couldn't necessarily. Okay. Um, so that's the bass Mount Rushmore right so there. So we had a grand total of four bassists for eight spots. <laughs> we did. That's actually <laughs> actually incredible. Yep, it is. We did because we had two of the same. My favorite on that list is McCartney, actually. Then My favorite is the Japan Droids basis. So yeah, me too. Yeah, right. Yeah, you too. Uh, um, all right. Next segment. Next, moving on, we have Trust Tree slash. And this week on Trust Tree, we get a couple good ones here. This week on Trust Tree slash. My admission that I'm admitting to you, listeners, is that I don't think. I've ever listened to Nas at all. I, I haven't either. I don't know what he sounds like. I don't either. I maybe would kind of know his voice if I heard it, um, but he's considered one of the most influential and like best rappers of all time. Yeah. And I Illmatic. I I couldn't tell you me neither like how a song goes by me, Nas. Me neither. But me we're neither. in the trust tree, and nothing trust I tree. say matters. Trust tree. This so is all you safe. can't you can't be held responsible for for that. Uh, my trust tree slash huh. This is definitely more of a huh than a trust tree. Yeah. Um, I have never heard an Ed Sheeran song. That is surprising. And I literally couldn't tell you what he sounds like. So yeah. maybe I have heard one. Yeah. But I didn't know it was him. I I don't know what he's all about. Same situation. Other than that he looks like a ginger hobbit. <laughs> Same situation for me and Nas, where like I probably have heard right. a song by right. him. But I don't know. Um, probably alienating Ed Sheeran fans left and right here. Probably he's really really popular, and I he has some good songs. I'm I don't like love Ed Sheeran. Um, I, I he's kind of a radio staple guy. Yeah. Like you'll hear radio songs by Ed Sheeran. Yeah, and he's all right. Did you hear he's going to be a guest star on Game of Thrones? I did hear that, and that is like the kind of news where like I, it, it's like even though I like Game of Thrones and have no necessarily ill will towards Ed Sheeran, I'm like that's. News where I'm just upset it was in my news feed because mm, yeah. I care so little about that yeah, kind of stuff. Yeah. So, huh? What? Uh, all right. Moving on to everyone's favorite segment. Here it comes. Two truths and a lie. This segment, listeners, is where we each week one of us tries to dupe the other. Last week mm. I got a victory uh, when I got Sean on Two Truths and a Lie with who was the band again that we did? Uh, it was the Backstreet Boys. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And he picked one of the truths as a lie. It was, in fact, true. So this week, Sean, what do you got? I am picking Fleetwood Mac. Okay. All right. So Fleetwood Mac, very famous band. You might know them for their hit album, Rumors, uh, featuring songs such as Dreams and Go Your Own Way and The Chain and, and You Make Loving Fun. And like half that album. All like hit singles. Like that Boston album. Boston's first yeah, album where yeah. every single song was a hit. Yep. Um, so really quick, if anyone doesn't know the rules, Sean's going to say three statements about this band. One will be a lie. I've got to suss out which one it is. Mm-hmm. All right, okay. you ready? Yep, let's do it. Okay, number one. Jeremy Spencer, one of the original members of Fleetwood Mac, left the band to join the Children of God religious cult during a tour. Okay. Number two. To date, to date, there are no Fleetwood Mac songs that contain a writing credit for all five Rumors era members of the band. For all five at the same time? Like, not all, all five of them do not share a writing credit. Okay. It's either just one or not all five together. Okay. 
Three, Mick Fleetwood's wife was Jenny Boyd, the sister of Patty Boyd, who was married to George Harrison and later Eric Clapton. Okay. Let me know if you need me to repeat any. So first one is Jeremy Spencer left the band to join a religious cult. The second one is there are no Fleetwood Mac songs that have a writing credit for all five of the members on the same song. The third one, Mick Fleetwood's wife was Jenny Boyd, sister of Patty Boyd, who was married to George Harrison and Eric Clapton. Okay, uh, I'm just going to go with my gut. Okay. I'm going to do the just like fire off an answer because I don't know. I think number two is the lie. Number two is the lie. You got it correct. That's a win for the guesser. You got it right. You got it right. It's interesting. The only... There's only one Fleetwood Mac song that has writing credits of all five members. Uh It's The Chain. Oh. And The Chain was actually a combination of three songs, three different songs that different members had written all put into one. So The Chain is actually the only song made by the Rumors era, like classic Fleetwood Mac lineup that has a writing credit of every member of the band. I like that. And yep. that, that's a cool factoid. And honestly, the only reason I guessed it is I tried to do it like multiple choice questions where I was like, that seems like the one where it's the one that to me that seemed the least like, why would it be brought up the other way? Yes. Yes. And so that was yes. where I, but honestly, I had no idea about the other ones. Yep. Those were good factoids too. Cause those were ones Fun that were facts. Like all weird ones. All were, very weird. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. 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 The, the in, really interesting Mick Fleetwood married to Jenny Boyd. And then if you know anything about Fleetwood Mac, you know that they were all like sleeping with each other. So yeah. Lindsey Buckingham and Stevie Nicks broke up. Stevie Nicks was sleeping with one of the other members Christy McVie was sleeping with like one of the lights people, and then Mick Fleetwood was sleeping with like oh Stevie Nicks actually I think so just it, a just, traveling band of minstrels all just all plowing just banging each other yeah, just yeah. To, that you know that's the seventies for you something about that Boyd family too just about like cuckolding people and like. Uh, moving on from one person to the next without a care in the world. I'm going to be completely honest with you and say that it creeps me out a little bit. Me too. The whole thing. That, like, imagine working and being around those people, just knowing that like they're all like inside each other. At all times. Just disgusting. <laughs> at, all, at all times. <laughs> Couldn't possibly be true. Uh, Our last segment yeah. of the week um, is recommendations. Recommendations of the, of the week. So, yeah, the reason why I picked... That Fleetwood Mac, Two, two Truths and a Lie, is because <clears throat> I finally got around to listening to 1980s era Fleetwood Mac. So I had always heard like their greatest hits. I had always heard Rumors. I had heard their self-titled Fleetwood Mac album. Um, you know, I knew all the big hits. But I noticed that Pitchfork had been doing some Sunday reviews of albums like Tusk. And they just did one for Tango in the Night. And I believe Tango in the Night is getting a remastered re-release very soon. So I finally listened to both of those. And honestly, they're really, really good. They're really... The production that Lindsey Buckingham was able to do on these albums is like nothing else you've ever heard before. It's very unique. Fleetwood Mac has this very unique sound and style to them that no one else has really been able to replicate. Um, so if you're interested or you like Fleetwood Mac at all, I would really recommend checking out both those albums, especially Tango in the Night. Tango in the Night is like 
insanely catchy. A lot of golden voices in that band. Yeah. A lot of really good yeah. good vocalists going on in Fleetwood Mac. Yeah, a lot of pop sensibility. That's right. I gotta gotta check them out. My recommendation of the week are uh, my recommendations of the week are two songs uh, by Johnny Cash and June Carter Cash um, that I was sort of turned on to by big friend of the pod Mary Kate. Um, one is called Jackson. One is called Ri- uh, Baby Ride Easy. Um, so I've always liked Johnny Cash in a general way. I had never really listened to any of his songs that he duets with his... I don't know if she was his wife when they recorded them, but she became his wife, June mm-hmm. Carter, uh, who became June Carter Cash. Um, and these are like those old-timey duets where it's like call and response, and they're mm. kind of te- they're kind of teasing... Jackson, they're kind of teasing each other. Yes. The whole time Johnny's like... I'm heading off to Jackson, leaving you here. The whole thing is like, we got married in a fever, and now we love has gone away, so I'm leaving to Jackson. The whole time she's like, well, go on ahead. like yeah. See how you do out there. Yeah. And it's just sort of like they're ribbing each other the whole time. I can see why they were so magnetic up on stage mm. and why people like mm-hmm. them so much. Because mm-hmm. they, they're just both characters, yeah. and they both have great voices, golden voices. Yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, both really good songs worth checking out. Have you ever seen Walk the Line starring Joaquin Phoenix and I Reese haven't. Witherspoon? Oh, my God. Is it really good? It is it is really good. If you like music or you like Johnny Cash at all, I think you'd really like this movie. I would recommend checking it out. And Reese Witherspoon is... Awesome. I love Reese Witherspoon. I really like Joaquin Phoenix too. Yeah. I, yeah. I like for every reason I want to see that movie. Watch that movie. Yeah. It's really good. Because I remember I remember seeing like promos for promos. Where am I? <laughs> Europe? I don't even know where they say promos. <laughs> uh, ads for it where Joaquin was doing that like weird Johnny yes. Cash guitar style yes. playing where he like moves the guitar all over the place. Yep. Um and that's bad radio because I'm acting it out yep. like anyone's ever gonna <laughs> see it. But watch, watch some clips. I, like, I haven't watched it in years. I would love to watch it again, actually. Um, they both do great performances in that movie. I also, highly recommend it. So if you like Johnny Cash at all, do yourself a favor and look up a clip of them playing Jackson back in the, I think, 60s or 70s and mm. cutting it up together up, yeah. there on the, yeah. uh, up on the stage. They were, they were like, that's back when musicians were like entertainers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was during the era where you were probably more entertainer than... Musician, yes. if that makes sense. Yes. Because he had the Johnny Cash show and stuff. Now you could just get up there, not say a fucking word to anybody, just play your music and yeah. get off the stage. Like stare down. Yeah. Onto, onto the stage. That, hey, that's what Kevin Shields brought to the that's table. That's right. Also, Kevin Shields is going to win the whole damn tournament. Could we? <laughs> he might. He's gone dancing. <laughs> um, not. So, sort of ironically, My Bloody Valentine, kind of tough to dance to. Um, that being said, could we have two more different representations of what romance and love are supposed to be than this married couple, Johnny and June Carter Cash, singing like love songs and like playfully joking with each other on stage. Like the picture of monogamy, whether I mean I'm sure I would bet any money that Johnny Cash is not monogamous. <laughs> Probably. There's almost no question he cheated <laughs> right. on her, just based on like every guy in history mm. cheats on their wives just because guys suck um and then you have fleetwood mac free love just everyone banging everyone right right i picture them getting in the bus and having just this this pentagon 69 going on. like a wheel you just a yeah. big wheel a chain you a might chain, say yeah you'll never break the chain <laughs> that's when they came up with it and that's why, that's they, all why wrote, they have the writing credit that's why they all wrote it together when one of them finally looked up, they said, you'll never break the chain. They all had a laugh. Like, let's write a song let's around that. a fucking song. 
Uh, that's maybe the craziest thing I've ever said on the podcast. <laughs> that was that's a great way to end this this episode. You'll never break the chain. Uh, see you next week. Thanks, everybody. Okay, so um, we are on a hot mic, and the thing I wanted to bring up is that, and I don't really know where this <clears> came from, and I don't know why I'm referencing my phone, because it's literally three words, but I was, <laughs> I was at work today, and for some reason, I think it was because I was reading interviews with Father John Misty, and how aware he is of like his the impression people have that he's this douchebag white guy with an opinion, Yeah, and I was, for some reason, thinking about... What would be a great like album title for a guy or a band that's really over the top douchebag? Like I get, I get how everything works, and there's more at play than people see, and I'm the only one who's smart right. enough. And I thought this would be a really funny pun. What if there was an album called News Your Illusion, and it rhymes with, <laughs> and it rhymes with Use Your Illusion, and it's like a whole thing about how journalism and like we're all just sheeple, and the news we're fed is like is fake. I, I like it. News, your illusion. <laughs> One and two. One and two. Yeah, news, your illusion too. Is is. Uh, I like that. I like, that was just one of those thoughts where I was like, I I don't even know why that would pop through. Yeah. My head. It's so stupid. That's really funny. So there you go. All, there these, you all these Father John Misty articles have been really good. He walks the knife edge of being a guy who you could easily just get annoyed with really quickly, or or really like, I always trend towards I really like him because he is so self-aware. He yep. gets yep. that he is annoying and like. I think for some people, even that's like that's even too much. Yeah, that he yeah, gets it. exactly. Did you read the um, feature that Jill Mapes wrote for Pitchfork? I'm calling her Jill. We're on. A sort of uh, name I don't basis. know that I did. It was just came out today. Oh no, I didn't. I didn't then. And no, some, it, some people work for a fucking living. So. Okay. Um. Yeah. I'm just gonna ignore that. Um. And uh, <laughs> shot across the bow. Yeah. For no reason at all. Um. But um. No, I'm just kidding. I know you are. <laughs> <laughs> uh. She seemed like leaning towards favorable of him, but definitely like annoyed by. Like, read it and let me know what you think of her tone. So. Basing this off of not reading it at all, just a wild spec speculation here. I feel like she, kind of knowing her, yeah, is annoyed by knowing Father Jill. John Misty. Yeah, probably. Probably is. doesn't like him because he's a CIS white male. And um, is that pronounced cis? I think so. I say CIS, yeah. crime scene investigation. White male. Um, but what I was saying was, I bet she has to toe the party line with Pitchfork because they have always talked about him favorably. So. That's just all speculation and that makes just the narrative that I've made in my own head, which isn't fair. What do you think of the mustache look from Father John? I prefer the beard. I do too. I, I prefer too. the beard. I've gotten used to him with the beard. Yeah. It's, he's a good looking guy. Better looking with a beard. But yeah. Than with a mustache. But I've started to get used to the mustache more and I'm like, you're a good looking guy. There's something about... The he looks like a literally different person. He does and there's something about the mustache on anyone. Yeah. Where it's just, you, like, if you see someone with a mustache, 
Like you gotta be, you gotta f- spend some time figuring out if they're if they're an all right person. You, you gotta yeah, suss them out a yeah, little bit. Yeah, you do, you do. You gotta figure out what they're all about. There's a combo because there's like there's there's like the working class mustache where you're like that's a solid dude. Right. Then there's the like the mustache on a person who, if you met Father John Misty, this mustache dude, this mustachioed like, man, telling you all about like comparing, like. The classics and like just like philosophy to pop stars today. Mm-hmm. You're like this is a crazy person, right? We have to run for the hills. Yeah, there's something slightly sinister to it, right? And I think a lot of it has to do with the rest of their look. Yeah, like like Big Cat's a great example. He has he, a nice solid mustache. You would though. never be like, oh, this dude is like up to no good. You'd be like, oh, he's just like a funny like Midwestern guy with a mustache. Yeah, that's a cl- it's like a Midwestern yeah. friendly mustache. But that's because the rest of his look and, and vibe complements that and makes you think that way. With Father John Misty, it's like this like handsome guy with a mustache who is like always wearing like dark suits and stuff. Like, you, yeah, you're, you're probably going to think he's going to go tie a girl to some train tracks. That's right. And you know what else I've, I was thinking is like I think the beard hid the fact that his face has ballooned out a little bit. Mm. Not that I'm one, I should not be talking about anyone's weight, but the thing is, is like he, it looks like he's got he gotten a little chubbier in the cheek, I, and his I, beard hid that a little bit. Yeah, I, I don't know if he got that way or he just was that way. I don't know. You or Fleet or, Foxes pictures, he's pretty gaunt. Yeah, like that's thin. true. Here's the thing: if you look at old press photos of Fleet Foxes when he was in the band, it's comical how much they look like just the stereotype of oh what of like the type of band he probably hates. Yes, dude, I was thinking the exact same thing. That feature in the New York Times where it had Robin Pecknold like hunched yes. over with the, yes. his hands in his pockets, and then everyone down the line was wearing like oversized plaid flannel yes. coats and yeah. stuff, or like a of, fuzzy sweater outside a fucking log cabin. Yeah. And you see Father John Misty on the end, like wearing the same shit and but he, also looking very unhappy he has those like tattered boots they all yeah. have the rolled cuff pant which yeah. i do but right. i'm just saying and like either like a fuzzy big sweater or like a flannel shirt um all of them bearded except uh skylar skills or however you pronounce mm-hmm. his name um but yeah it's the definition of of look and vibe which is funny that he be- would hate which is funny because I don't feel like Fleet Foxes. I feel like they have obviously they're a better band than just like a cliche. Yeah, I like that we have taken the after show and just turned it into like a show show discussion. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. I, I got to be honest and say that there were points during that I forgot we hadn't started yet. <laughs> really? Like I I didn't forget, but I it just wasn't top yeah. of mind. Interesting, so to speak. So I'm gonna remove these headphones. Sort of a producer these days. <laughs> I forgot. I, for, how, for oh wait, how could I forget? I, you remind me every five minutes. I got these uh this nice pair of headphones here for producing. You can do little beats with them too. Whoa, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. No, it's <laughs> fucked up. Not much of a producer. They've uh, kind of a big time producer. What it? What is that supposed to be? Just a hot beat. Oh, okay. That's okay. all that was. Okay. <laughs> hot beat made by head... Oh, I can see how it registered on the... Uh... Oh, good. Good. Did it look hot? Doesn't, Ooh, doesn't not hot. look hot. That's hot. All right. So you look out for... Um, <laughs> you, you know what band would really quick release News Your Illusion? It would be like Jesse Pinkman's band in... in uh, <laughs> it's like a Rage Against the Machine wannabe band. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because they're like, they're like, fuck Guns N' Roses and also fuck... Like yellow journalists who like just listen to the Illuminati 
in the yellow new world. journalists like like remember the main down with spain like that that like spanish american war era i don't know much about that i listen I, to the hardcore history episode american peril i will hashtag tripod it's possible well done it's possible i'm misusing yellow journalist i heard it once um used by one of the 9-11 conspiracy theorists <laughs> talking about um popular mechanics or popular science or whatever yeah. And how they were like, because that magazine was debunking all of their conspiracy theories, and they were like, that is a yellow, I think they said Hearst, that might be the wrong word, journalist organization that's paid for by basically corporations. I think Hearst was one of the people who owned one of those papers back then. Oh, that must so be what it is. It probably is a reference to that. So it seems like it's like it's like a bought and sold yeah, news yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. News. Interesting. Your illusion. I like it. I should move this wire. Through the wire. Okay. Pull that down there a little bit. Make sure. I hope this isn't sounding like shit. All right. Well, pre-show. So doesn't pre- matter. Pre-show after show. We can say whatever we want. That's right. I'm the Lord Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually. A- <laughs> That's actually a direct a direct ripoff of Family Guy. Unfortunately, it's, That's still really funny. Yeah, Tom Tucker is on the news, and he's like, the, for some reason, the news is still happening during a blackout, and it cuts to them, and yeah. he's like, his necktie, his t- necktie, his tie is all loose, and his hair is messed up, and he's like, well, of course, no one can hear us right now, so uh, I can say whatever I want. I'm the Lord Jesus Christ. I think I'm going to get drunk and beat up some midgets. Wow. And they're like, we're actually still on, like, in half the city or whatever. That's classic Tom Tucker. Oh, man. Also a joke that wouldn't fly today. The midgets thing. No. That was 1999-2000. A little more edgy than yeah. PC Bromani culture right yeah, now. Yeah, right, than Hearst Yellow Journalists. <laughs> yes, that's right. That's will right. allow us to, to do. All right, uh, big shout um, yeah, to them. News Your Illusion 1. <laughs> coming, right. coming fall 2017. Ready? I am. Three, two, one. <laughs> 